Episode number 62, Jotting Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster and the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone, and of course, the main event, this, this, AJ Francis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, yeah. is, who is not with us in studio this week because... Both of you are jerks. <laughs> Alright, so let's pull the curtain back for a second. Um... We actually did you listen to last week's show, Aaron? Did you listen to our? I didn't listen last week. What a piece of crap he is, AJ. <laughs> if you had listened to our interview with Jinder Mahal, uh huh, you would have picked up on this from a mile away. Oh, would I? There's yeah. there's literally a part of the interview where Jinder Mahal says, "I'm also doing some real estate in Tampa Bay," <laughs> and AJ says, "Oh, really? <laughs> That's interesting." Well, you know, I, I I saw on Twitter a few days ago how you asked. Uh, me go for a house next to Brent. And so, you know, I, after the fact, I put two and two together, but didn't do that till no, after the, the fact. Funny, the funniest thing of all is that I did that before I ever knew that I was actually coming to Tampa. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, all right, so here's the deal. Aaron, for those of you that don't know, probably everybody, Aaron is a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Like, lifelong Bucks fan. That's his team. He loves the Bucks, thick and thin, yep. uh, the whole thing. AJ knew this was possible. Let's just can we say that much, AJ? Can we say that as yeah. when we taped last week, we knew this was possible? And I said, dude, Aaron is going to freak the f out. And AJ said, I'm not going to tell him. I'm just going to wait. Well, not just did he not tell me. Let, let, let's go to Monday. Like as he was uh, knowing he was flying down there, he says, I, I text him. I was like, hey, you know, you know what's up yet? He's like. Oh yeah, I think I'm flying down to Jacksonville, and if that doesn't work out, I'm going up to the Jets, and you know maybe one of those two teams will work out. <laughs> all the all the while, I knew I was coming to Tampa, but I just you know you never know what can happen on a visit. I might get here, and they might decide I was too ugly to sign with the team, so they might. That, that's very valid. Uh, I would imagine that's know, been an so, issue a few times yeah. in your career. <laughs> the visits are the visits are always weird, so I wanted to make sure that I was actually on the team before I let you know, since you're such a Tampa Mark. <laughs> well, it's awesome. We're freaking thrilled for you, dude. Obviously, I mean, I know Aaron's like Aaron's going to have a jersey within the week, um, but we're all we're really excited for you. And on top of that, uh, what you guys don't know is that AJ is also uh, graduating um, again this week. From the University yep. of Maryland and went back, got his master's, and he is going to be walking on Friday. So a uh, huge week for you, dude, and we are thrilled for you for all of it. And that's the last nice thing we'll say about you the entire show. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so coming up a little bit later on in this week's program, um, first, AJ is going to do the first segment with us. We're going to make our picks, um, and then Aaron and I will talk some more after that, and uh, DJ Z. Uh, Zima Ion from uh, TNA is going to be checking in with us a little bit later on. He's going to be in town this weekend uh, down in Leesburg, Virginia, for Primal Conflict Wrestling. We're going to talk to him about that and a uh, really cool story that we are learning as we're doing our research on DJZ. we got a lot of things to talk to him about, so we're excited about that for later on in the show. Um, we need to make some picks for Extreme Rules on Sunday. Um, I- I'm assuming we're probably are, – are, what, what's your schedule like? Are we getting together on Sunday night or not? Who, me? Yeah, you. I'm going to be in Tampa. That's what I figured. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going to be able to do yeah. the formal event at Jimmy's on Sunday night, but we will be back 
All right, this is not us abandoning Jimmy's. Just we're not going to do the formal get together at Jimmy's on Sunday. I actually have baseball anyway, so it kind of works yeah, out I for me. I might have to um, be up at four at the station. Oh, good. Yeah. So, so we'll. Yeah, I, so I graduate Friday. I graduate Friday at noon. I'll be packing my car and bags all Friday night, basically, and then Saturday, once Tuff gets off work, we're going to drive down to Tampa, <laughs> and then I'll relax on Sunday, get ready for. Mini, uh, not mini camp, but practices to start on Monday. OTAs, man, no doubt. That's that's the life of a football player. But uh, but you will be back, right, later on in the summer. Yeah, I'll be back late June. Okay, so we will we will have another get together formally, all three of us at Jimmy's at some point during the course of the summer. And Aaron and I will I'll do some pay per view stuff uh, here and there as well. This is not the end of it. It's just we got to put a pause on so that AJ can uh, you know resume his football career down in Tampa. God, what a loser! Yeah, yeah. I know. What a weirdo. Um, we are going to make another bet. Uh, Aaron was the big loser last time around. Isn't it interesting wearing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, <laughs> lucha mask? <laughs> it was. That's true. He got the uh, stink face from AJ. Have we put that out there so the Buccaneers fans can see that, by the way? I think they'd be into we, we, that. I don't think that might not be the best idea. I was going to say, <laughs> having him wife face. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, was, that, that's why I was. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so AJ, AJ stink faced Aaron because AJ was the winner and Aaron was the loser. For our payback uh, uh, picks, this month we're going to do something a little bit different. Still going to be embarrassing. It's still going to be plenty embarrassing. And Very embarrassing. Yeah. In honor of Evil Emma, who we're all heartbroken. I mean, this this news sucks. Like, of all the injuries, I think I feel the worst about this one. At least of all the ones in the past few months. Just because she was yeah. she's the just... The only one I, would, I could think of that makes me feel worse than this one is Seth. Yeah, because yeah. he was so right. Good. Well, yeah, but right. the, that's why I said the past few, months, like the past three to four months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all the injuries over the past couple, like past year, like even Cesaro, I was upset, but I'm definitely more upset about upset about him. Because well, she just anyone but Seth. She, she just, just finally got back to the place where we wanted her to be. With she was the getting right, the push with the right character. Everything was perfect, and uh, she's going to be out for a while. She had to have surgery. It's going to be a bit, but. Uh, in honor of Evil Emma, what we're going to do is the loser this month, whoever gets the most picks wrong for uh, uh, Extreme Rules on Sunday night, will have to perform as uh, sort of an interpretive combo Emma, Evil Emma entrance video. So you're going to have to be dress up. You're going to get an Evil Emma or an Emma shirt. You're going to put the, the, the lipstick on. You're going to put on the aviator shades, the whole thing. You're gonna do the evil Emma entrance and then switch over. You're gonna switch. Yeah, you're gonna switch over to Emma. The bubbles will be blowing. You gotta pop the bubbles, do the whole thing. I think instead of us playing the music in the background, you should have to create the music yourself. Acapella style. That would be my. That would be my suggestion. The boop boop. You know, you have to do the whole thing, right? Like that would be my idea. And the loser will have to make that video. Everybody get it? Everybody on board? Sure. All right, AJ. Um. Okay with that. Okay, and this is going to be a little bit more awkward for it. It'd be awkward for AJ because he's going to have somebody else film it from down in Tampa Bay. But you know, I'm sure you'll be able to easily explain it to any of your teammates. Yeah, I got to make a video. It's weird. Can you just come here and hold the phone for a second? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Brenton Mika will do it. Yeah, right. All right, let's uh, let's make some picks for Sunday night. Extreme Rules is the pay. Where is Extreme Rules? New Jersey. Oh, it's at the Rock, right? At yeah. the, the Prudential Center in Newark. Uh, we will begin with the uh, pre-show. Aaron will take us through match by match. We will make our picks. Um, AJ gets to make the first pick in the first round, and then we alternate from there. I make the first pick in the second match, and then Aaron the first pick in the third match. 
uh, pre-show. It's the same pre-show as before, except it's a no-DQ match. Uh, Ziggler versus Corbin. Yeah, I got this one right last time. It was the reason I got the stink face Aaron, and I'm going to get this one right again. <laughs> um, it's going to be Baron Corbin. Well, I mean, Baron Corbin has to go over. I mean, he has to go over here. So, yeah, I'm in agreement. Now, it's awkward enough that it's on the pre-show that we're saying he has to go over, right? Like, that's not a good sign for Baron Corbin. But at least it's better than Apollo Crews when he's... Is better than Apollo Crews right now. There's no doubt about that. But, yes, Baron Corbin has to go over here. He's obviously the, the choice in this match. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole it, lot else to be said about that. Like, they, they might as well send him back down if he was this quite frankly. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what in the world? Especially in a no-DQ match. Like, again, if, if you wanted to leave him just bloodied and destroyed in a DQ, fine. But it's no DQ. You think they have anything planned for this? Like, there's anywhere where they're going with Baron Corbin right now? Money in the bank, maybe. Okay, I mean, but in I mean, like just just it's for some in the match, but in the match. Overall, okay. like what? What's his summer path? I guess is the question. Right. Like, what are you doing with Baron Corbin right now? You brought him up. I mean, they're probably just going to continue the feud with Dolph. It's not a terrible feud. It's not a terrible they're feud. Probably, they're but, probably going to both be in the Money in the Bank match. But you've and thought so much of the Dolph. feud, you've put it on the pre-show twice. Like, that's how much they think of it right yeah. now. That, that's the I, problem. Is I'm good with it. I like both these guys. But they think so much of it, it's gone pre-show both times. Yeah, but at the same time, how many times have you complained about them the pre-show not having, like... You, it's just a match that's... Well, I, I have said that I think the pre... It, it sort of doesn't matter anymore because the pre-shows... Like, everything's yeah. on the same network. It's all on the WWE network. And I hear you on that. But they still do differentiate. Like, they still make the announcement. And they've done it both times where they put it on the pre-show. And that's just all I'm... Like, if one so of them... might also just be trying to get people to watch the pre-show. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Dolph Ziggler on the pre-show makes people want to watch... Like... Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin in a no-DQ match on the pre-show, I'm watching the pre-show. Yeah, the Kalisto versus Ryback in a no-DQ match in the pre-show, I'm not watching. Well, yeah, man, that's how I feel about Ryback, but... But well, actually, now, not even on oh, that's the funny part. Now I kind of like him more. Right? <laughs> now like, you kind of want to see him. That's the odd part about it. Now that, uh, now that he's not there, I kind of want him back. All right, um, next one. Uh, let's go to the Intercontinental title. As far as we know, there's no stipulation. Also, maybe just the fatal four-way aspect is the uh, extreme, extreme part, of part. But then again, that's, there are a couple matches like this that don't really have stipulations yet. Uh, Miz, Owen, Cesaro, Zayn. And so I make the first pick here? Yeah. This is really I mean, tough. This is a close one. I mean, it's, to me, this is really, really difficult. Um, I think it's easy to say that the, the best scenario is to give the belt back to Kevin Owens and have there be a chase that involves Sami Zayn, right? But at the same time, you don't really need the belt for right. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Especially if you think they're both going to be in Money in the Bank. Right. Um, I, I, my my preference, I mean, I think this is a total crapshoot, right? I think you can make an argument for I, all four I don't four think guys. there's a preference, at least for me. I don't have yeah. a preference in this one. Well, I, I would be okay I would, with all of them. I would say my preference is leave it with the Miz. Leave it with the Miz my, is my preference. And I I'm, prefer, I would actually, my preference is actually give it to Cesaro. Okay, I mean, and, I, I and think... Let, and let Cesaro defend at SummerSlam. That's what, that's what I would prefer happen. And I guess my uh, response back would be, you could still do Ms. Cesaro again. Yeah, exactly. And and have, you know what I mean? Like I think that's the next thing. Is, yeah, by, fatal doing four it, way. by doing it as a fatal four-way, I think it allows you the ability to now split it back up, yep. go back to Owens and Zayn, go back to Ms. and Cesaro, and extend this for a little while. And I, I like that. And so I, I'm going to make Miz my pick. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to have Miz be my pick to hold on to the belt. I like, 
I, I like too much the idea of Smug Miz with Maurice and the belt and sort of lucking into it somehow, right? This being a scenario where Zayn's got it locked up, right? Like he's about to win and something lucky happens that allows Miz to retain. I think that's good booking. I like that. So Miz is my pick. Yeah, it, it's, it, I'm really torn with you. I think that Miz is as good as he's been in a while. I mean, you know me. I always love the Miz. Uh, I think he's as good as, as over as he's been in a while. He's getting such strong heat right now, and Maurice is just helping him out. But at the same time, I feel like they do want to pull the trigger on Cesaro at some point in the, new tr- in the near future, whatever that means by pulling the trigger. And now feels like the right time. Doesn't mean he has to be, you know, you could give it back to him at uh, Battleground or something like that, or even Money in the Bank, give Miz the title back. I feel like Cesaro winning here, it just feels right right now. Okay. Uh, I don't know how long the reign will be, but I think Cesaro wins. All right. And I'm going with the Miz. I just think that I would like Cesaro to win. I hope. I don't hope Aaron's right, but if I'm going to be wrong, I hope Aaron's right. Um, <laughs> like, uh, I, th- I, I hope Cesaro wins, but at the same time, I think the Miz is just frankly, I think you have the Miz win this one, and then you separate it, like Glenn said, and you have Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens continue their feud to SummerSlam. You can, then you can have uh, Miz and Cesaro continue their feud for the Intercontinental title to SummerSlam. You have Miz win a cheap one uh, versus Cesaro at Money in the Bank. And then you have Cesaro go over at SummerSlam. I think that's good booking. I'm going to go with Miz. Very good. Next one. Uh, We have the first ever, at least in WWE, asylum match between uh, Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho. We've seen sort of, you know, we saw basically this exact... What is an asylum match? It's basically, it's a cage match where they're going to have weapons hanging down from the rafters. It appears to be the type of stuff that you would find in an insane asylum. It's going to be straight jackets. It's going to be... You know, Mitch apparently was hanging. You know, oh, was he? Mitch the potted plant was hanging over the ring, but they they did something very similar to I this. I thought Mitch was dead. Well, it was a pot. Maybe it was Mitch too. Oh, Mitch, Mitch too. too. Mitch too. I, I'm excited. Um, they did something like this in TNA during you know when they did the lockdown pay per view. They had to find all these different ways. Okay, how can we make a steel cage match different for every match? And one of the ways was they're hanging down uh, weapons from the ring. So they've done this. CZW has done their cage of death. So they've done it in some form. This is the first time at least in WWE, that we've seen this. But basically, it's just a cage match with more weapons, and it looks a little bit cooler. And uh, I'm going with Ambrose. Okay. Um, AJ? I am also going with Ambrose. I mean, I, again, don't know how you don't have Dean Ambrose win this match. Now, we've said this before, related to Chris Jericho, and, you know, I, 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 you have to have Dean Ambrose win this match. And we, we do really get the sense that this is probably it for Jericho, right? Like, this is probably the one. I mean, he sent out that tweet a few weeks ago that was like, hey, it was cool, WWE, right. I'll see you around. And then he showed up later that night, so. But, you know, we, yeah, we're always assuming he's going to go away for at least six months in the near future, at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Dean Ambrose, no doubt. Next. Uh, next, U.S. title right now, no stipulation on it, Rusev and Kalisto. Uh, AJ. Oh, man. I want, I thought that this was going to be a definite Rusev win. And then on Raw, Rusev beat the ungodly hell out of Kalisto. That is true. And usually when you do that the, on the go-home show before a title match, usually, not 100% of the time, but I'd say at least probably 70% of the time, the champion retains. So 
I think they can get more out of this feud. I'm going to go with Kalisto. Um, I, look, I love dominant Rusev, right? Like, I want more of that in my life. I kind of don't want Rusev to be the U.S. champion because I want him doing bigger things than that. You know what I mean? But it just doesn't appear to be it's not in, the, card in right. the cards right now. So the worst case scenario for me is that Rusev loses to Kalisto, but they appear to be committed to Kalisto for one reason or another. At, at first it was hot, right? And then you just weren't feeling it anymore, but yet they, they're sticking with it. I think I think Rusev with the strap is a good thing. I'm going to go with Rusev. Yeah, I think that you're right, AJ, in that usually if it's a beat down to that degree, it's because they're, you know, setting it up so they can Get uh, back, face, right. yeah, overcome the odds or whatever. The exception would be in this situation if they are trying to rebuild Rusev into that dominant monster that went away a year ago. And they, you know, they just have him be a buzzsaw and just destroying everybody. Then it makes sense to have him destroy Kalisto and then destroy Kalisto again. I, I do question right now why there's no stipulation attached. It makes me wonder if we could end up, you know, seeing Rusev destroy uh, Kalisto and get a DQ involved, which would be the most ridiculous thing ever. If there was a DQ on Extreme Rules that pay per view. I don't think they're going that way. It wouldn't surprise me if they had a stipulation. I'm leaning Rusev. Rusev, I think, is going to win. I just wonder if there's going to be something else attached to it. But I'm going with Rusev right now. All right. Very good. Next up. Uh, Next up, we have the tag titles match. The New Day, who... The time-traveling New Day, which was so good. Fantastic. So wonderful. I wish there was, like, one or two more jokes in there. It was great. Everybody knows... Idiots don't think it was great. Oh, I mean, if if Big E had come out as his NXT and said, five, five, five. Exactly. I think they could have done even more with it than what they did. But no. Alone, it was good. I mean, they need to come back to it is what it is. And I'm hoping that's why they didn't do much, is that it's something that they come back to. I mean, hell, I would build a network show around this. Time-traveling New Day as a half-hour weekly special? You kidding me? That's money right there. I'm on board. I'm so on board with that. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, Anyway, go ahead. Uh, New Day, well, you have to say that they're facing the Vaudevillains. The Vaudevillains, who are also been great. Yes, they've also been great, too. Um, It's not time. It's not time yet. As much as I like the Vaudevillains, as much as I think they could handle being the champs, um, it's, it's not time yet. New Day wins. They retain. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, th- you know, when they became number one contender, or when when we were talking about the tournament, we were like, okay, this is going to be someone to kind of feed to the New Day, kind of get two months out of a feud for the New Day, you know, however it works. There's a rational... You, you could make a compelling case for the Vaude Villains to win here. Uh, at least you way could. more compelling than it was a few weeks I agreed ago. Agreed with that. I just... But uh, it, it's not quite time yet, it, no. If you're saying that you have them... I mean, that you have them win to serve it back to the New Day in a month or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah no, it wouldn't be a long reign. That would be the only thing I could really argue for. Or even Enzo and Cass, if, if you want to push I the could, New Day higher. I could, uh, I could see, I'm, let me clarify this by saying my pick is the New Day. But I could see a situation that could arise where the Vaudevillains win this match and then they win cheap at Money in the Bank and then they lose at SummerSlam so that we can have the your three-time world tag team champion. And, I mean, the more numbers you can add to that, the better. Um, yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, 
but it still comes I, back to. Like I said, I don't think that's going to happen. Right, and I would still say. I see it happen. But even in that scenario, the problem that I have with it is that if you're doing something with New Day, don't give him a third title reign. Give him something better. Get, no, get, but here's the, here's it's the just thing, so though. crowded right now at the top. There, there's not here's, that much better for them right now. Here's the thing. You could easily have them be tag team champions and one of them win money in the bank. Or them be tag team champions and uh, Xavier Woods feud, uh, feud with Bruce for the U.S. title. And then the, when they lose the tag team titles, then you have Big E and Kofi going for the IC and World Heavyweight t- the World Heavyweight title when it's not a face and a supposed to be faced as the champions. I mean, I hear you. I mean, I like I I hear you, and I'm not saying that's I'm opposed to it. I just don't trust the WWE to pull it off the right way. That's my issue. I just but don't. Money in the Bank would be the right if if they're looking to push the New Day. You know, even one of them in the near right. future. Money in the Bank's the way to do it because this summer's going to be so crowded with everybody coming back that right. there's really no room to push them up the card up until the fall, really. So Money in the Bank would be the way to do it if they were going to do it in the near future. I'm going to start an online petition, guys. We have to do this. Or not a petition, but a hashtag. Try to start a movement. Give Kofi money in the bank, and you, I'm gonna at give WWE Kofi a chance every day. I look. I you know I'm more of a Big E guy. Yeah, like you know the way that is. I love you, and I love Kofi, and I'm all for Kofi. But if I'm if I'm a gun to my head, it's got to be one of them. The answer is Big E. Give me Big E and Big E's booty shaking everywhere for the next six months at the top of the card, and I want that in my life. I just, I think you got to reward a workhorse every once in a while. I understand, but Biggie looks that's like why, he should be champion. Give, that's why you give Mark Henry a world heavyweight title ring. Yeah, but Mark Henry every is Every once also- in a while, that's why Sheamus was the guy that got to hold the belt for two months in a storyline against Roman Reigns. Because every once in a while, you kind of reward the guys that bust their ass. You I, know what I'm saying? I understand and that. He's done that. He has definitely busted his ass. There's no, no, no question yeah. about that. And I think he's in a good place right now. And I'm happy for Kofi that he's in a good place in comparison to being, frankly, a jobber for a, a good portion Basically of his since career. Basically 2009. Right? Um, yeah, it was really funny the way they did that. Um, yeah. That all being said, Big E looks like a man who should eat these other guys for lunch. That guy to me is the guy that needs to be moving up. But I get it. I'm good with either one. But, I'm, I but ain't complaining. Here's also the thing that you're, you're leaving out. If Roman Reigns is a heel champion, right? Let's just mm-hmm. say he is. Or anybody else that, uh, that could be a heel champion in the future. Even heel John Cena. Whatever it is. Who looks better as a white meat baby face? Yeah, as a baby face Kofi. Kofi. Yeah, I hear Than Kofi Kingston. No. I got you it. Can't, you can't book Big E as a white meat baby face champion. He's magic. Okay, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that scenario necessarily, but I also don't know that you can't figure out a good way to have Big E over as a face with those two guys still with him doing right. the new day. You know, doing the whole uh, bit. You're right. Yeah, I'm not. I, once again, I would be 100% okay with Big E. I just hope it's Kofi. All right, fair enough. We're all in agreement that we're fine with any one of them. Well, probably not Xavier. No, I'd, be, I'd be okay with Xavier. I, I mean, I guess I would be, but I don't think I he's... I got no problem with Xavier. I don't think he's there. You know? Probably <laughs> not, but I have no problem with it if all they right. wanted to go that route. All right, fair enough. We're all in agreement that New Day is winning the match. What if all we picked differently so far? Uh, 
you've picked, or AJ picked Kalisto, I picked Cesaro. Okay, that's it? Yeah. Jesus. Wow. All right. It's going to, once again, come down to just a couple of matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's title, Charlotte, Natalia, uh, submission match, and Rick is banned and all that good stuff. I mean, I almost feel like it's Who's not even... First? I think it's Aaron. It's, I, I am. Um, yeah. I mean, Charlotte... Don't even yeah. spend time on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why are we doing this? Charlotte wins. Move on. Charlotte. Charlotte yes. Charlotte. Is, like, I'd love to sit here and create a scenario like, where I think... Well, hold on. Here's the one scenario I could see it play out. I don't think it would happen, and it would involve Charlotte getting it right back at Money in the Bank, but if, if Rick actually does come out and it involves a title change that way, um, and, and that's kind of the impetus to split Charlotte and Rick. I hear you. I hear you, and I'm all for it. I would like nothing more than a Natalia title uh, win. I think that would be great. But you're clearly supposed to be leading towards something bigger with Charlotte and Becky and Sasha and. I mean, hypothetically, Bailey? hypothetically, this match should be just reestablishing the fact that Charlotte is, is a badass, dominant, yeah. kick-ass, all of those things. She doesn't need Rick to win. That's Correct. what this match that's, should. That's what the purpose of this match yes. should be, no doubt. Next. Oh god damn, we're only gonna pick two matches differently all night. You're not gonna pick you're not gonna be a solo on any of them. I mean I, I mean which is fine. It's what it is, dude. Like it's yep. just what it is. That's what you get when you have a, a night full of rematches, you know what I mean? Like yep. you kinda where, or where you are. But at, at least I think this will guarantee no ties for Well we have well, to could, could be. Well, let's pick a yeah, thing anyway. Alright, anyway, AJ, why don't we do this? Why don't we pick uh length of this match? Length of the main event? Length of the main event as okay. a tiebreaker. Alright? So AJ, go ahead. Alright. Uh I'm going to pick 22. Hmm. And obviously he's picking AJ Styles to become the new... <laughs> that is not my pick. I'll pick his Roman Reigns. Everybody's pick is Roman Reigns, so now the question really is just about time. Um, I will say... Boy, Jesus Christ, 22-22 is right about... That, that was right, right where I, yeah, we were all kind of thinking. Aaron's sort of in the driver's seat because he gets to pick... I'm, I'm not going to be a dick and do one second over, but... <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. You're in the driver's seat. Um, but he's not a dick. Well, he is a dick. Yeah, I was going to say, have you met him? I'll go... Hey, I'm a dick who's the most read author on Rolling Stone this weekend. Fact. I'll go... I that is true. Oh, the Damien Sandow piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will go... Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, getting him on the show, by the way. Really, I, pre- I, really I, appreciate that. No, no, no. I, I tried. It's really, I actually did try. It's cool. I really appreciate it. I, tried. I, I emailed with him. I don't know what happened there. Um, I will go... God... I will go 1959. Um, I'm going to go, I, I think I'm going to go 21 even. Ooh, even 21. Even 21. All right, so there you go. Those are all of our picks for Sunday night. And Extreme Rules, one of us will be performing the combined Emma, Evil Emma entrance music, uh, entrance video in the next oh, week. Oh, man, that, that means I'm golden if it comes down to a tie. Because that means anything, anything over, over 22. And I guess I, yeah, Aaron kind of painted himself into a corner. Oh, no. I, I don't see there's any way it's less than 20 minutes. So uh, I, That's why I put it right at 1959. It could be 1958 and I win. But I don't think it's going, like, I think there's no way that it's less than, basically, I mean, I, I was thinking 22 off the bat. So I just, I, I was going higher than you, basically. That was my Well, play. I was hoping that you were going to go higher and I was going to get by me more time below 22. But that's anyway, the, the moral of this entire story is that one of us is performing the video next week. In the meantime, A.J. Francis, now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Uh, however, he will yep. be home this week to graduate, and we're excited about that. 
We're excited to celebrate with him uh, as he graduates. AJ uh, at AJ Francis four ten on Twitter. Yep, is how people can give you a follow. And uh, I mean, I guess that's it, right? There's nothing else to plug, is there? Yeah, man. I'll be back on the show fully, hopefully next week. Yeah, we're working on we're working on technology. Right. Yeah, we got some technology stuff they're working on to make sure that AJ can do the entire show with us even while he's not here. And uh, he will be back in studio in a few weeks as well on top of that. So, uh, dude, thrilled for you. Uh, really, really. Not as much as Aaron is uh, for obvious reasons. Bringing gear. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, still really excited for you, man. And I uh, can't wait to see him when you come home. All right? Yeah. I see you guys. Are you guys both coming to the graduation party? I believe uh, yeah. I will be there. And I believe my wife is coming as well. I'm not sure yeah. about my girlfriend. She might have some work stuff coming up. But, yeah. What's the what's the reality? Like, if, if we bring the baby, like, we'll be cool, right? I mean, this isn't... Uh, yeah, um, you'll be fine. That's what I figured. Yeah, 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 we can hang out and, like, he'll be chill. So I think we're going to bring the baby with us on Thursday night as well. So okay. be a cool night. Looking forward to it, man. Appreciate it. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you next week, all right? Hi, bro. There he is. The oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, the main event. AJ Francis out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster. When we come back in, uh, we got uh, more to get to. We'll do it all next. It's jobbing out. Stay in the fan with a baseball word to the wise. O's fans in earshot. Why not plan on coming to the next Orioles hangout night at Game Sports Bar? It's a great way to see the O's have some great food and beverages at Game Sports Bar and get to hear Orioles hangout owner Tony Penty and me talk about the hottest O's topics going into that night's game. Here's the deal. Discounted ticket. Free parking at Game Sports Bar's lot at 1400 Warner Avenue, right next door to the Horseshoe Casino. Make a plan to come out for the next Orioles hangout night, which is June 17th, Friday against Toronto. Come out 90 minutes before game time. Let's paint the game sports bar orange starting at 5.30. Visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Hangout for details and to get your tickets for Orioles hangout night at Game Sports Bar. Looking for licensed Orioles and Ravens jewelry for the sports fan in your life? Charles Newsonoff and Sons Jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville since 1923. Charles Newsonoff and Sons has provided the Baltimore area with affordable fine jewelry, quality repair workmanship, and a total devotion to customer service. Looking to pop the question? Charles Newsonoff and Sons has designer mountings and certified loose diamonds. Prices that can't be beat for the perfect proposal. Download their new app, the Vow Engagement ring finder for iphone or android and search styles get prices and even upload a picture of your hand and try rings on virtually charles newson often sons orioles ravens jewelry and the vow engagement ring finder go to charlesnewsonoff.com or call 410-661-5050 charles newson often sons jewelers 8720 Sater hill road in parkville let's scroll together an old, and I do mean old, familiar voice is back. Stand the fan with the bat around every Saturday, along with Adam Gladstone, will look to entertain, inform, and educate our listeners right here on PressBoxOnline.com. Click on the Listen Live button to hear the bat around every Saturday, 10 to 12. Stand the fan and Adam Gladstone. Real baseball talk is back. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash StanTheFan to hear the bat around every Saturday from 10 to 12. Back in here.
here chatting out, Clyde Clark, Aaron Oster, and we're now joined by a very special guest who's coming this way. He will be in Leesburg, Virginia, for Primal Conflict Wrestling. It's a very cool event, loaded card. Uh, Bob Hardcore Holly's going to be there. Al Snow's going to be there. Tito Santana's going to be there. Tito Santana, yeah, that's crazy. Tito Santana, man, no doubt, right? It is coming up on May 21st, this Saturday, at the Douglas Community Center in Leesburg. And joining us now, you've been seeing him on TNA. He's been killing it on the indies. DJZ Zima Ion joins us here on Jobbing Out. Zima, it's Glenn and Aaron. It's good to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Not a problem. Thank you guys for having me. Um, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I just want to jump into that. The, the, how did that happen? The bop, 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 because that has just, you know, over the past couple of years has taken on a complete life of its own. Yeah, well, basically the story is TNA decided to take my real-life passion of DJing and turn that into a wrestling character. They didn't give me any direction, though. It was just, okay, you're going to be a DJ now. <laughs> and it was up to me to bring this character to life. And I was trying to think of some ideas. And that reggaeton air horn is a staple of uh, the DJing world. An annoying staple at times. Yeah. <laughs> and me being the, uh, the heel that I was, I thought it would be great to bring that into wrestling and annoy wrestling fans much like it's annoyed <laughs> dance music fans for years. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like, if somebody told me you had to be a DJ, what would you do? And I'm like, I know I would just drink a bunch of energy drinks. Like, I'd just nonstop be, like, pounding energy drinks and a lot of fist pumping, right? Like, I feel like I yeah. pretty much – and I and I got to get a tan. I think it's, it's how I would go about becoming uh, a DJ. Is that about right? Sounds about right. You just described, I think, what Robbie E. would be like if he were a DJ. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's actually a really good point, man. Hey, you know, it's it's a crazy time, obviously. There's been all sorts of stuff going on, um, you know, with TNA, and we always hear about rumors and who knows what's right and, or what's true and who knows what isn't. But um, what's it been like for you sort of being a part of this whole thing, and what's the TNA experience been like for you in general? TNA's been good to me. You know, you hear things on the Internet, you read things. Some good, some bad, but I can only speak for my personal experiences there. And I've been with that company for six years now, and they've been good to me. I've made my living solely as a pro wrestler for the last six years, thanks to them. And they've treated me well. They've given me a lot of opportunities. I've got to get in the ring with guys that I grew up watching, like Rob Van Dam, Matt and Jeff Hardy. I think I gave Sting a couple kicks one time. So, you know, these are like some cool experiences to have as a young wrestler. And they give me a lot of creative freedom, too. Like I had mentioned with the DJ character, it was up to me to bring that character to life. There was no scripts. There was no direction. It was just, okay, you're going to be this. It's your vision now. And a lot of places don't give you that kind of creative freedom. So... That's like the good stuff with TNA, the the things that I like about it. And now we're doing some cool stuff in the X Division. I know one thing that I had wanted for a long time was for some storylines in the X Division. We were just being sent out there to do random matches. And that's all well and good. I like having great matches like anyone else. But I wanted something deeper to show that, you know, we had more layers to us than just really cool flips. And we're finally getting to do that. Shane Helms has been a big help. And we're doing some cool stuff. If you saw the show last night, me and Eddie Edwards had a banger with uh, Andrew Everett and Trevor mm-hmm. Lee. And trust me, there's more where that came from. Nice. Nice. It really seems like you guys, especially, like you said, the X Division, all the storylines are really starting to come together over the past few months. 
the move to, and it seems like it's corresponding with the move over to uh, Pop TV. Have you noticed a, a real difference over the past six months than you might have seen, you know, the two years prior? What I've noticed about our move to Pop TV is there's like a new energy on the show that I felt was lacking on Destination America. I don't know what it is, but like I just feel like we've got some new life, like uh, in our systems since we moved to Pop TV. There's a lot of people that like dog the show, but I don't know how many of those people have even seen our show on Pop TV. I think it's people that dog it because of what they read on the internet, and they base their opinions solely on that. If you watch the show, I think people might actually enjoy it. So if you have Pop TV, set your DVRs, watch it Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, give the show a chance because there's definitely a new energy, a lot of hungry talent, and people that want the show to succeed. He is Zima Ion, and he will be at Primal Conflict Wrestling on Saturday night. Uh, by the way, a great match against uh, Phoenix Ferry. That is awesome. That is a really cool. That's a match worth coming out to watch uh, in Leesburg on Saturday night. He joins us here on Jobbing Out. Um, Zima, let me just sort of stay on that path, which is uh, all of the, the, the stuff that you hear about. What does that do to the locker room? Like, what's it like with you guys when you, when you read a story, when you hear about something? You guys all have the internet, like you all know what's out there. Um, how hard is it to block all of it out? How hard is it to not want to ask questions and sort of find out a little bit more? Considering you know this is your livelihood that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean it does get hard sometimes. But what I've noticed about the TNA locker room is, in spite of the rumors and the uncertainty that we might feel sometimes. At the end of the day, just going out there, having a good match, and killing it kind of makes us forget what's going on, and we are more happy than ever just to uh, put on a good performance and put on a good show, because at the end of the day, we all love wrestling. That's why we're there. We just love to wrestle, and even when times get tough, hey, you can't lose sight of the fact that we're still making our living as professional wrestlers. You know, what's the, the alternative, like... Yeah, we could work a regular job, which that might be fine for some of us, but, I mean, <laughs> it might be fine for some of us, but for some of us, I don't know if we're built for that world. <laughs> but you can't lose sight of the fact that we still get to make a living as pro wrestlers, even when times get tough. We're still doing this for a living, still having great matches. We're still on television, and that's what's most important to me. You know, with so many rumors flying around, we know that in the past some of them have been correct, some of them have been laughably false. What percentage would you say have ended up, you know, what percentage are actually true reports that fly out there about TNI? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of hard to say. Like, I can't really give you an accurate answer to that. I will say that some stuff is, like, blown way out of proportion, like... There's been stories that might have, like, a sliver of truth to them, but the Internet has taken them and just blown them into something that's not even close to being what it really was. Hmm. And, you know, there's other times where, like, you know, you hear about, like, checks being laid and stuff, and sure, that has happened in the past, but in the end, we still get those checks, and everything's cool. So, I mean, it's hard to say. There's, like, a sliver of truth to, like, a lot of things, but most of it is blown out of proportion, at least from what I've seen. All right, so this is cool because I did not know that you had gone to West Virginia. So coming back to the Leesburg area, I mean, is is basically the same place. Let's tell the truth, right? Like, it's essentially the same thing. What I need to know is to the closest 100, how many couches did you burn during your time when you were at West Virginia? 
You know, what's even crazier is, yeah, I went to college at West Virginia University, but I didn't live too far from Leesburg. I lived in Reston, Virginia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Years. Yeah. Yeah, so quite familiar with that area. Spent a lot of time in Leesburg, uh, hanging out with my friend Sanjay Dutt, who yep. lives in that area. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Now, yeah, now tell but, the truth uh, about burning couches, though. Like, you definitely did yeah, that at some let's point. Yeah, talk about the burning couches. Uh, me, personally, never burned a couch. No. 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 You're just I mean, saying that. Guys, I, I, I mostly lived in, like, furnished apartments when I was staying at WVU. <laughs> so if I would have burned a couch, I would have had a nice fat bill to replace that Well, no, don't, don't you steal it off of someone else's porch? Isn't that the idea? <laughs> you know, it's like, when I look back on my time at WVU, it's kind of funny because I didn't take full advantage of the craziness that is WVU because most of the parties all that, they're going on during the weekends. At that point in my life, I was trying to make it as a pro wrestler, so I was at independent shows every weekend. And during the week, there's still parties, sure, but I was in class, and if I wasn't in class, I was in the gym because I was trying to look the part of a wrestler. So I was thinking, whoa, drinking alcohol during the week? No, that's going to ruin all my workouts. So I was, like, definitely not... The uh, the party type that you typically see at WVU. So you were the one guy in the entire state that was sober, is what we're saying. In the entire state of West Virginia, you were the sober guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to drink some moonshine. (laughs) (laughs) Only the high quality stuff, though, right? Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty good. Actually, it's funny. My um, so this is uh, my my father in law's girlfriend's son is currently. Yeah, I know, right? You're doing the math in your head. Yes, my father in law's girlfriend, her son is a student at West Virginia right now. He's going into his uh, senior year, and sometimes I'll, I'll ask her how he's doing, and she'll just say, I don't want to know. Like, I just don't want to know. I don't talk to him about it, whatever he's doing up there. I'll, I'll see him when he gets home for the summer. That's all I'm worried about. Well, hey, if he made it to his senior year, that's pretty good. That's a fair point. Get thrown out way before that. <laughs> yeah, right. That is a really fair point. But well, th- this is interesting that you, uh, you were doing a lot of your training, a lot of your indie shows while doing, uh, you know, a full-time four-year in, uh, university. A lot of people don't do that. What was that like having to balance out that, you know, just the life of go- doing a full course load while also, uh, training and doing indie shows? Dude, it was so hard because I wasn't just doing, like, indie shows uh, in the area. I was going to Japan. I was going to Mexico. So I would, like, uh, I would skip class sometimes for these trips. This is the reason it took me, like, six years <laughs> to get a bachelor's <laughs> degree in journalism because, yeah, I was missing a lot of class just to do these trips. I was failing classes. I did uh, a trip to Mexico City once where I was studying for finals on the plane and in the hotel. And uh, I did another trip to Japan where I skipped class on a Thursday, flew to Japan, did shows on the weekend, flew back Monday, and I was in my 8.30 a.m. class Tuesday morning. Dude, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, FIFA like, was a good excuse for me to skip class. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, I, def- I definitely skipped classes for video games. Yeah, though. no doubt, man. So wait, wait, wait. How many professional wrestlers do you know that have journalism degrees? Well, I mean, specifically, I have an advertising degree okay. through the WVU School of Journalism. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple, but I mean, better use a lot of journalism guys school than or really journalism. yeah. Go to college, I think, in wrestling, or it's, it's, it's yeah. That's actually something that I think about a lot is what many of these wrestlers are going to do after wrestling's over, mm-hmm. or God forbid, if they get hurt. Because, like, for me, I have a college degree, but. 
haven't used that degree since I graduated in 2012. <laughs> I've never had a job. Well, in fairness, that's no different than anyone else. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I, I think to myself, like, man, if, if I got hurt tomorrow, I have nothing to write on a job resume. Like, I can't write really good at doing moonsaults on a job resume. <laughs> I don't know. That might look good to yeah, some seriously. people. Seriously, I'd hire you. <laughs> like, like, we can figure out a way to use that. I don't know how it is that we're going to turn that into advertising, but you got the job. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something that I think about a lot, and it's something that I think more wrestlers should think about because – this is a small chapter of our lives. There's a short shelf life. Injuries happen all the time. And I just think we could do a better job of being prepared for life after it. But, uh, you know, some people like to live in the moment. Me, I'm just way too paranoid. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that. Hey, did you hear uh, any of what EC3 said last weekend when uh, he was hanging out with the uh, Evolve guys and sort of attacking NXT and attacking uh, WWE? Yeah, I did. What? Man, what a strong promo. I right? His, uh, his emotion and passion in that one. That was crazy, man. Like, that was, I mean, like, did that did that resonate a little bit in the locker room? Like, yeah, dude, go for it. I mean, I haven't really talked to any of the guys, but I did send DC3 a text message afterwards and let him know that I thought that was one of the best wrestling promos I've uh, seen in a really long time. Uh, he's got a unique perspective. You have to remember, like, me, I've known him since I was 18 years old, so I've known about his journey and I've seen his struggles. And uh, he's winning right now, and I'm really happy for the guy because he wasn't always winning. He had some dark days and some tough times. And I really liked what he said about uh, survival, you know, like that's that's succeeding, succeeding in spite of uh, the trials and tribulations. And he's definitely someone that has succeeded despite uh, his WWE career not going the way that he wanted. And uh, he had to get that off his chest. I know he's wanted to get that off his chest for a long time, so... Props to uh, Evolve for giving him the outlet because he created a really, really interesting and unique promo. What, what do you think of that? The fact that the interconnectivity of wrestling now, we can have TNA guys showing up at Evolve, working with guys who are working under the WWE umbrella and just all of these different promotions really working together now. It's so crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Dude, it's nuts. <laughs> I know. Like, wrestling's so unpredictable right now. Like, it truly feels like anything can happen at times, and I'm constantly surprised by the next weird thing that, you know, gets announced or takes place on a show. It just keeps you on your toes, and for me personally, it's it's been motivation. I'm like, man, I gotta, like, uh, start firing on all cylinders, because this is, like, the most exciting time in wrestling, and I want to be a part of it. It's a great so, point. Like, motivation. Like, you never know what show it is. Like, it, you know, you go out and do all these shows, you're, you know, coming to places like Leesburg on Saturday night, but, like, you literally don't know, like, what one match is going to end up out there, or what one guy is going to see what one event that you do that sort of is going to change everything for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say this, too. One thing that I love about wrestling uh, present day 2016 is that I feel like the in-ring quality of wrestling across the board and all the promotions has never been higher. Like there's just great wrestling everywhere. It's like overwhelming at times. And yeah, it makes me want to be a better wrestler because I'm like, man, everybody is putting awesome matches on in every company there is. So I want to be a part of those awesome matches too. So man, it's just, it's been motivating and it's a really cool time to be in wrestling and a really cool time to be a wrestling fan. All right, so there was one thing that we noticed in your bio that uh, we decided we we're going to have to ask you about because... Oh, God. Yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, was, was your mother really a mail-order bride? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Holy that's, that's crap, a man. Story. 
Yeah, well, it's a man. It's crazy because I didn't even know that about my mom until I was like maybe fourteen years old, and I never asked questions. Like, right. It, it really didn't make any sense, like how my mom was in this country when the rest of her family was in the Philippines, how she was married to this uh, this white guy who died when I was five. So I didn't even know my dad really, and uh, it just didn't make any sense. But I never questioned it at all. Right. And, yeah, she told me. She uh, she was living in Singapore and she was working at a sweatshop, basically making Jesus. little to no money. And she was trying to learn the trade of uh, making clothes because her dream was to be like a fashion designer or something. So she's like paying her dues, learning the craft, working in the sweatshop, hating her life. And uh, her dream was to go to London. And some of her friends basically told her, "Well, if you want to go to London." You should just sign up to be a mail order bride, and then surely there'll be some guy that will want to marry you, and then you can go to London. Wow! So my mom just said, "Okay, fine," and she took some pictures. I guess they put those pictures in like catalogs <laughs> that got sent around different parts of the world. And yeah, my mom got like uh, I guess guys wanting to marry her from many different countries, <laughs> London included. But uh, she ended up picking my dad, who was living in Hollywood at the time. And uh, she's like, eh, London's okay. <laughs> so I'm going to America. Wow, and, dude. Dude, it's crazy because, like, she was, like, 31 or something like that when this happened. So she had already lived, like, this full adult life in the Philippines and in Singapore. And then she just up and left, left her family, left her friends, left her country. Anything familiar to her, she just left and went to the other side of the world to take a chance. And marry a complete stranger. So I think she's really brave, man. And I can't even imagine doing that. <laughs> Dude, I, and also, I wonder, like, when you're going through these weekends where you're, like, flying around the country and then you got to go to class and you're like, oh, this sucks. And you're like, right, but my mother was in a sweatshop. I should probably just maybe buckle up a little bit and, and, and get the job done here. Bro, I've felt like that so many times where I'm like, man, <laughs> right. life's really hard. And then I think to myself, oh, wait, or I could be an immigrant from another country that didn't speak English, <laughs> didn't drive a car, had to raise three kids all by herself. Right, right, yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess I guess perspective is helpful in that situation. Yeah, it's like, man, whatever troubles I'm going through, it's like, if she could make her situation work, I should be able to make mine work. That's crazy, but, man. That is really, really crazy. Dude, I've really enjoyed this conversation, man. This has been awesome. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you. We can't wait for a Saturday night and Primal Conflict Wrestling in Leesburg. Great match. You and Phoenix Fury, that should be awesome. And a loaded card with a lot of huge stars are going to be there. You go to PrimalConflictWrestling.com to find out more. Let's get some plugs in for you. What can we plug? Uh, a Twitter, Instagram, website, anything like that. Oh, sure. Well, first of all, thank you guys again for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And if anybody wants to follow me, on my social media platforms. Instagram's my favorite. You can follow me at datdjtho, D-A-T-D-J-T-H-O. Right. I post a lot of videos of my uh, Lucha Libre practices where I'm doing some crazy stuff. But uh, there's Instagram, of course, and then Twitter at Zima, Z-E-M-A-T-N-A, at Zima TNA on Twitter. Mostly just plugs on there. I'm kind of over Twitter, honestly. But <laughs> Instagram for sure. It's getting that way. Like it's get. I'm sensing it too. Like it's just nothing but retweets from everybody at this point. Like there's yeah. just. Yeah. I hear you, man. I don't know. It's lost its luster, but still. Yeah. You got a big follow up, 
following on there, so we try to keep it up. That's cool, man. <laughs> hey, hey, Zima, seriously, this was awesome, dude. Really enjoyed this conversation. We are uh, we're wishing the best for you moving forward. Uh, continued success, man, and I hope that we can do this again down the road. Absolutely. I'll see you guys on the 21st this Saturday. Primal Conflict Wrestling. That was really cool. He was great, man. That, I, I didn't know what to expect. I had never heard an interview from him, but he was awesome. Oh, my God. He, he was, was so, really awesome. He was so cool. And he's been all over the place recently, man. That's uh, that's really great. Enjoyed that conversation. Support uh, Zima Ion. He was awesome. DJ Z, and uh, he'll be at Primal Conflict Wrestling. All right. When we come back in, we're going to do a – we haven't done this in a long time. I'm not sure if we're going to remember how it works. A quick count – and a top five. Both? Both. You sure? In segment three. Can, can we do that? I. It's weird. It's weird. But we're going to try it and just see how it goes. All right? All right. I'm Glenn. That's Aaron. And no main event. And, 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 I'm the and, main event for this week, damn oh, it. Easy over there. That's it's, right. It's jobbing out. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. Stay in the fan with a baseball word to the wise O's fans in earshot. Why not plan on coming to the next Orioles hangout night at Game Sports Bar? It's a great way to see the O's have some great food and beverages at Game Sports Bar and get to hear Orioles hangout owner Tony Penty and me talk about the hottest O's topics going into that night's game. Here's the deal. Discounted ticket. Free parking at Game Sports Bar's lot at 1400 Warner Avenue, right next door to the Horseshoe Casino. Make a plan to come out for the next Orioles hangout night, which is June 17th, Friday against Toronto. Come out 90 minutes before game time. Let's paint the game sports bar orange starting at 5.30. Visit PressBoxOnline.com slash hangout for details and to get your tickets for Orioles hangout night at game sports bar. Hi, Ken Zales here, KZ, from the PressBox Fantasy Reality Football Show, which you can hear right here on PressBox Radio every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. till noon. Myself, Sarita, the NFL chick, KO, keeping us on the air. It's called The Football Show. We talk all things football, high school football, college football, NFL football. Of course, we lean a little bit towards the Ravens, but we'll also talk Baltimore sports and all sports in general. Join us every Sunday, 10 a.m. to noon on the PressBox Fantasy and Reality Football the Press Box Fantasy and Reality Football Show, Sunday mornings, 10 to noon, pressboxonline.com slash fantasy. Hello, boys and girls. I've got a very special story I want to tell you tonight about a very special boy called Roman Reigns. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Then let's go. Roman Reigns is a beautiful boy. When he's done playing, he always puts away his toys. His lips are very pouty, but he has a nice smile. His hair is always moist, he's had a coatie for a while. His muscles are gigantic and he loves healthy snacks. He 
He's got some cool tattoos and he's always wearing black. Everybody likes him cause he's so much fun. He's gonna win the match because his skills are number one. Roll, roll, Roman Reigns. Roll, roll, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Come on, boys and girls. Roll, roll, Roman Reigns. Roll, roll, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. We're having so much fun, right, kids? I did, did, I don't understand why. So to pull the curtain back a little bit, before our first segment this week, I suggested to AJ that if he were to lose our bet on our... I, I don't think he's heard this song. I think that was the big problem. I just said you should sing this song yeah. in a video. And if he knew the song, I would like to think that he would be willing to, to perform it. It's a smash hit. Have you heard the this, one that hang came on, out by the about way, this a is, year ago? This is, uh, I want to give credit to, this is Eric Helwig, who is a YouTube artist. It goes by other, Hot Dad. Had you heard the other Roman Reigns song? I don't the, think the, so. It came out year, it, it was too, it, they gave lyrics to the Oh, the to shoot. his song? It's like, Roman Reigns, the one with the biggest pecs. Roman Reigns. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's but pretty good. It, it was fantastic. Well, this one's good, too. This one's really, really good, too. All right, it is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone. A.J. Francis uh, had to depart us because he is uh, playing football, that jerk. But uh, we will uh, we will have more A.J. in the coming weeks. Uh, thanks again to DJZ for checking in with us. Also, Aaron, a uh, real quick question. How did you celebrate No Way Jose Day? Uh, I, I missed it. I, I saw what? It. Well, no, I mean... I, what? I How you couldn't have missed it? I, it was it everywhere. Was everywhere. I, 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 well, what I'm saying is, I was working. I couldn't fully celebrate. Oh, you couldn't appropriately celebrate. I couldn't appropriately no celebrate. I'm no all in. Jose. I am all in on no, no way. Jose. Jose is so fascinating. Yeah, it's oh my god, he's so great. He is so great. I, Our boy I, uh, Steve Miggs out in Seattle, who we still love despite the fact that AJ is no longer in Seattle. Uh, but our boy Steve Miggs from 99.9 went to the NXT show last week up in uh, Seattle and was just going on about how obsessed he was with No Way, no way Jose. He's, he's one of those guys who, uh, you know, I don't think he'll be big very long. But, you know, like Adam Rose, when he first debuted in NXT, how just people were going bonkers over it. Like, No Way Jose kind of fits that same. Oh, don't, don't do this to me. Don't try to ruin this, you piece of ass. I, I, it's very possible he's more than that. And he's talented. I'll give you, you know, he's talented. I really like him. I just don't know how much how oh, much you, WWE will you do stop. He's the greatest thing that we've ever seen in the history of forever. Okay? He's, he's great. He's great. He's not a beautiful boy like Roman Reigns, though. <laughs> Roman Reigns is a beautiful boy. Oh, no way, Jose. All right, let's get in a uh, quick count. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was where we used to take three stories that we hadn't talked about yet that we felt deserved some time to be discussed, and then we would give them time in the third segment. That's the way the quick count works. One, two, three. See, you see, it's supposed to be quick. That's the. Concept. It's never quick it, though. It's That's never, the problem. It's never been quick. Um, and then I want to, uh, after that, in our, our top five this week, I would like to fantasy book SummerSlam, and I'll explain that more when we get there. But I. I want a fantasy book SummerSlam this week. Well, that's, you're just craving. Some oh, I love fantasy booking. booking. We can't go that long without fantasy booking. I start to itch a little bit. Um, you, if again, if you're not familiar with the segment, we allow Aaron to go a little off the reservation for number one every week. Where do you want to go this week? I'm actually going back a couple weeks here, and I just because you guys don't watch Lucha Underground because you know I don't. And it's not because I don't don't like the concept. It's, I just it's have a lot going on. Right. In my no, life. I'm not. I'm not blaming yeah. you. I'm not. Well, I am blaming AJ because AJ has plenty of time. Yeah, over correct. The, He's not know, raising over, a kid. He's not. Right. No, I, I do blame AJ for not watching, but I don't get to talk about it as much as I like. To. All right. Um, and it's something something very interesting happened two weeks ago that I haven't had a chance to talk about yet, and that was, to my knowledge, and I'm sure it's happened on the Indies somewhere. It was they had an I Quit match, a No Moss match in Lucha Underground. 
between two women, Sexy Star and Mary Posa. And it wasn't just an I Quit match like, you know, like the Rusev-Cena match where it was just like kind of a spot. No real violence to it. It was just kind of, oh, I'm going to throw you through a table. I'm going to drag you over here. I'm going to throw you through another table. But no, you know, no, no, no. There was mask tearing. There was Sexy Star was bleeding profusely at the end of the night. Like, it was a legit old-school I Quit match. Between two women, which is very unique in American television no right doubt. now. No doubt. I, I think they did it well. I, to, to their credit, they did it well. Um, it, you know, but it just, it, they're continuing. And I, I said at the beginning of the year that 2016, one of the big things is where are they going with women's wrestling between the intergender matches, between letting them go, you know, go farther all across. And this is just another step there that we're able to see on American television, a match like that. Well, let's not allow that to lead us into our number two, shall we? Um, because number two this week, speaking of women and women's wrestling and where they're going, uh, the main event of Monday Night Raw was a women's title contract signing uh, with Natalia and Charlotte and, of course, Ric Flair and, and Shane and Stephanie and everybody involved in one big happy circle that got us you know, further explanation regarding the match at uh, Extreme Rules. They actually read the contract for the first time ever. It is the first time I've ever seen anyone read a contract, and we learn now that if Ric Flair were to defy which makes sense. being banned from rings. There has to be some it, sort of... Well, it drove me crazy the week before. He comes out and the response is, oh, we're going to send people down to come and get you. It's right. Like, there's no real penalty then to right. going back out. Well, I thought he was banned from ringside. Right. I thought like he couldn't get there. Now, now we know that if uh, he does not obey said ban, he um, will Ford cost the title, yeah. his daughter the title, no doubt. Um, a lot of people sort of couldn't figure out why this was the main event. There are a lot of theories as to why this is the main event. Some of yours are? Um, well, A, I do think that part of it was that they saw an opportunity to put, not just the main event, but don't worry, this is the main event of the go-home show. That's what makes it so big. I think we've had some main events involving women before, but very rarely for the go-home show of a pay-per-view, and that's what made it a little bit bigger. And I do think part of it was because they saw a chance here to say, hey, we're putting women in the main event. This is, this is an important, you know, potentially historic segment there. I think that's part of it. I don't think that's the biggest part of it at all. I think that, A, uh, Ric Flair and Greensboro definitely factored in. There, there's sure. no question about that. They knew that the fans would just absolutely lose their minds. And when a lot of times the main event segment, the crowd is falling asleep a little bit by that time. You know, they've been in the arena for four hours. And it doesn't matter what it is. They do tend to be a little bit down there. They knew, okay, we can get the crowd alive if we bring in It did Rick feel Flair. really forced, though. Oh, it definitely felt it forced. It felt like they thought they were getting something. It wasn't there. So, and at part of the problem being, again, right now seeing Ric Flair anywhere is not that big it, of a deal. But it's a bigger because, deal in Greensboro. I, I hear you say that, but when he came out, it wasn't as if it was a big reaction for Ric Flair. It literally forced them referencing uh, Ric Flair, Greensboro, Greensboro for them Flair to be country, like, horseman so, country. for suddenly yep. someone to be like, oh, right, yeah, we're supposed to like him here more than, than right. we like him elsewhere. That was a little, this is a little awkward. And, and the ultra cynic side of me... You know, I said this about the payback main event. Right. I, I complained that, oh my God, they took this AJ Reigns match, which was a good match, and they made it about the McMahons because, you know, they feel the need to do that. And I feel that, you know, they wrote out the script. They're like, oh, the McMahons are heavily involved in this last segment. We're but, going to put them on last. But I don't, th- I, and I understand that argument, but they didn't really do anything. 
but they were. They were just sort of there. I mean, and Stephanie got physical. Yeah, I mean, and, Stephanie and, slapped Ric Flair. I mean, fine. I mean, the the two picture. There, there were three pictures that you would take from it. Mm-hmm. The the Flair taking off his jacket and confronting Shane, Stephanie slapping Rick, and then Natalia and you know having Charlotte the sharpshooter. But the big moments of that segment were around the McMahons. Like Natalia felt, Natalia felt like. Well, yeah, she felt like a complete afterthought. Co- complete I agree with meaningless. That. And I think that there is still a a part of the company that's like, but we have to put the McMahons in the main. And event. I understand that, but it doesn't appear as though they have anywhere to go with Ric Flair. It doesn't appear as though there's a direction that involves. Like I don't think we're. Oh, line, no, 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 no. I don't think this is lining up to a Stephanie Charlotte match. No, it's at some not. Point. But it's it's it involves the McMahons. Although that's why they now that I think about it. That would make some to sense. To be a damn good match. It, it would be a fun match. And, and well, it'd be, I, a, it'd be good. It'd be big. And no, they're not doing anything with Rick because they can't trust Rick. No, no, no. Like they, no, no. I, I'm shocked that they and they didn't give him much of a live mic, but I'm shocked that they gave him a live mic again after what happened on SmackDown a few weeks right, ago. Right, right. Like, they can't trust Rick at all, so they're not putting him in a match. They're not putting him as the primary focus, even though he is the biggest focus of this match right now. Uh, they, they haven't given him real... You know, a lot of mic time and stuff. But the fact that they were there and they were, you know, they were constantly on screen, I think, really played a factor in why that was the last segment. Um, okay. I think there's a, a my thought, by the way, as well, um, you know, you can try to be dismissive of this game. One of the Western Conference Finals in the NBA was Monday night. The Western Conference Finals this year is being looked at as being perhaps as important as the NBA Finals themselves. It's huge. The game tipped off at 9 o'clock. That means that the later you got into the game, now you're into the second half of the game, and I think they wanted to get there. But they did this last Roman week, too. stuff. They did this last week, too. They didn't without, do it. But, the, but they put Jericho, you know, they were advertising Jericho versus Big Cass. They ended up with Dean Ambrose, which another is an unorthodox main event. I don't think it's that unorthodox. But again, they've been pushing avoiding... Jericho Dean as one of the top main events for a while now. But, you know, they're also pushing the this as, I don't, but if we're looking at why, if we're looking at it from the case of why isn't Reigns there, I don't think it had anything to do with the NBA game. Because it well, happened... It happened. Uh, well, that's not my question, why isn't Reigns there. The question is, why do they go with the women in the main event? It's not odd that something outside of I, Roman Reigns I, I, is I the main I think the event. women is, has gotten as much profile as Dean and Jericho, to be honest. I don't think so. Not not Charlotte and Natalia. If you want to make that argument about Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha, I'd completely agree. Charlotte has gotten a lot of screen no, time over isn't. the past six weeks. Yeah, it's, it's gotten screen time, it's, but it's it hasn't gotten, gotten major attention as though it was one of the main events. Dean and Jericho have gotten pretty much one segment uh, with the external last week, I've gotten one segment a week. They have been giving them huge amounts of time. They've been, give, you, They've been giving them huge amounts of time to do big things, to but, do I destroy mean, Jericho's Dr. jacket, Phil, you know, to, jo- to think, do. Think, think going back to the Dr. Phil thing. Like <laughs> it was they're a doing throwaway back, segment. But they're doing backstage segments with it. They're doing in-ring segments. With it. They're doing two or three segments a night on Charlotte and Atalia. They did for that the for past, Dr. Phil. No, they've been doing it. Go back. What other thing have they been doing multiple segments a night? Rick, I mean, look at just that this week. They had Rick and Stephanie and Shane. They did three or four segments on that. And leading up to the main event, yes. Leading up to the main event. The week before, they did another, I think, Charlotte, or Shane ran into Rick uh, last week. They did a backstage segment, and they did an in-ring segment. Like, they're doing this fairly consistently where they're getting multiple segments for the past few yeah, weeks I, now. Yeah, I haven't sensed it at all. I, I think that we're looking at two different things right now. I think that you go this route. 
As I said before, I think your notion that they're not programming against that is nuts. The Western Conference Finals are pulling massive ratings. It's still sports fans versus sports fans, and that's what they were dealing with when they were dealing with Monday Night Football. Now, it's not nearly the same as Monday Night Football because Monday Night Football is this monster that you have to program around. But the notion that they are not looking at what else is going on and figuring out what is the best timing for them to line things up around that is insane. They do that. That's something they do. I know they do. I just don't think they do it for NBA. I really don't. they have to do it for the NBA. The same way they have to do it for everything else. They well, have to well, know what, what else is going on. Do you know what the ratings for game one? I are? haven't seen the ratings yet, but I guarantee they were massive. I, I'm sure they were big, but I don't, you know, I don't know if they were. I mean, they weren't like 15, were they? Well, I don't know if they were 15. There's not a lot that pulls 15. I, well, that's my point. Is like they don't tend to counter program unless something gets over 10, gets you know, gets really big numbers. They haven't in the past. Uh, they, well, they did get big numbers. They got that's big what I'm numbers. talking about. Well, I'm thinking really big numbers. Uh, ten point six. Okay, that's actually a really that's bigger than I. For I, I game would, one of the Western. I, I was expecting it to be in the eight to nine range. Dude, to be honest, I, th- this is a massive, massive event. It's huge. It's, it's big. The I'm Western Conference there's, Finals. There's no doubt about it. Now, it wouldn't be the same if it was the Eastern Conference Finals. I, they, I don't think they would counter program against that. They might. Still, because it's still probably. I'm going to guess the presence of LeBron James led the Eastern Conference Finals to still have a pretty decent number. They have to know what's huge, what the big events are that are going on elsewhere, and be aware of that because, and this leads into something else that you were talking about, which is this story about uh, advertising rates being higher for UFC Fight Night than they are for Monday Night Raw, because they are aware that because what they do is scripted programming, it, is, DVR. it is easier to DVR. Yep. They have to be aware of what's going on that's live programming elsewhere that is drawing the similar types of people that their advertisers want, and they have to be prepared to counter-program against that. They just, I mean, here's the, this isn't the first time that we've had a big NBA matchup, and in the past... This is the biggest so far, by far. In the past five years? No, I have no idea what they've done in the past. I haven't paid well, this much attention well, to that, it. That's the thing. I'm telling you, in the past, for the most part, I'm not saying, well, you know, 100%, but for you the most... You don't have any idea. I, I know You're that... You're just saying this wildly. You're speculating. You don't know. And I'm saying that I'm admitting that I'm speculating that's what they're doing. But there is no doubt that they are aware of all of these things. I'm saying I, I do. I have followed it enough to know when people have started being like, huh, I wonder why they're, you know, wh- when they've put funny main events in. You know, obviously over the fall, they put funny main events in because of Monday Night Football. Yes. And, and we remember that because the funny, you know, the consistent funny main events over the Well, there was the more conversation also because the ratings were so dreadful in the fall. Right. That the conversation had to come up related to Monday I Night Football. I don't remember. And, and I could be wrong. You're right. I could just not be remembering. I do not remember in late May, early June, real yeah, funny I, I, I'm events. telling you that you might have been talking, having the same conversation last year in late May and early June if you just completely fl- blocked it out because it's not something that you would go back to quickly within your mind. I have no idea. Or it might be that things were so bad this fall, they realized we have to continue to do this every week. Well, but th- this week. wasn't the first time they had done it. Like, they, they do it consistently now. This is the second year in a row, I think, that they've done at least some fun, some odd main events. What? You're talking about the fall, right? No, I'm... Well, I mean, they've yeah, done yeah. a lot in the fall, but it might be that it got to the point where the ratings were so bad last year in the fall... But I'm saying the year before, decided, they also did that. Yeah, but because they were still going up against right, one no, exactly, football. But I'm saying what... it got to such a level in the fall that they decided that they needed to make sure oh, they're counter-programming oh, 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 throughout you're, you're, the course of the year. You're saying that in the fall they decided, hey, we, we, have, we have to be pay paying attention. attention to this every it's week. It's possible. And specifically in relation to... What's been going on with DVR and DVR busting? Yeah, it's that possible we that need to know if whatever that they might literally have looked and said, "What time is the basketball game going to the half?" 
because we need to line that up with when we have the Usos in the ring, in the ring against uh, the, the, the club. That that's the point we're at right now is that we need to make sure that that happens at halftime of the basketball game because that's when we have the best chance to have the biggest number of eyeballs on us. That, to me, is more of the scenario that we're dealing with. Let's make sure that we have something that we can sell as being good at the end, but let's make damn sure, do the math in your head, about what time, if the basketball game started at 9, about what time would it have gone to the half? 10.20? Yeah, somewhere around there, 10.30, something like that. Right about. So why would they, like that? But the, if they are like focusing and counter programming that way, then they pulled the trigger because the Rain Zeus's thing was over by ten twenty. If that's was it? It started at ten, almost exactly ten. I thought it was a little bit after ten. It, it, I think it actually might have been a little before ten was when they first started coming out. Are you sure? Yeah, because this was a big thing because they they had two segments in between. The Usos and the the Diva segment or the women's segment, excuse me. What was the other one? I remember the Dudleys. What was the, the other the one? The Kalisto uh, Del Rio with Rusev. That was like a ten minute match. All right, I, I'd have to go back and sync it, it up it, more. It, it was almost. If I, it, I, I'm hearing. I'm not telling you wrong. I just don't know. I had to go back and sync it up to figure it out. But it it was somewhere in that range, is what I would tell you. Is that in the range? I, I of, feel like it was over by ten twenty. I really do. But you know, whatever. Uh, well, I'm just, I'm I also missing... don't know if that's exactly when the basketball game went to half either. I don't. Well, we'll find out next week. Oh, wait, no, that's the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. Uh, I, they might choose a counter-program against the Eastern Conference Finals as well. I don't know what the Eastern Conference Finals pulled in ratings-wise, and it's not as big necessarily, but it still does have LeBron James, yes. and it's on ESPN. Yeah. So my gut is that and the that numbers one, that are still doing... eight, That one's an 8.30 start, so I think that you know we'll be able to see if they go back to the 10 o'clock. I mean, it's also possible that... You know, this is, again, a very cynical look at it, but we know that they've done this in the past. Uh, they've realized that uh, the third hour has consistently been dry. Like, it doesn't even matter what else is on. The third hour has typically been the worst hour for uh, Raw for a little while now. There's usually okay. been a drop in that third hour. And if they are trying to sell the fact that Roman Reigns is over, then they don't put him in that third hour. Because they want, they're, they're engineering it so Roman Reigns gets the bigger numbers. It, that's a very cynical view. Yeah, I don't, I don't, but they've done it in the past. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Look, I, here's what I'll say. I, my theory is that it's related to the basketball game, but if it's not, it should be. Is my other theory that the notion that you are, are that you there's there is a sporting event that's pulling a live ten somewhere else, and if you're not programming around that, if they're not doing it, they're making a huge mistake. I think they are. But if they're not, it's a massive, massive mistake because of what you're odd, what you're up against right now, and where advertising dollars are being spent. You have to do everything in your power to to program around what's going on and to be accepting of what's going on. Which isn't to say you do it for every Monday night here, basketball here's, game or playoff game or whatever. Here's the interesting thing: in two weeks, if if the uh, Thunder and Warriors goes to Game Seven, you'll be the same night as John Cena's return. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. That'd be really interesting. Be really, really interesting to see how they handle it. I'm surprised they would do that on a Monday. And so I thought I would think they would want to have Game Seven on a Sunday night. Right now, scheduled for Monday, May 30th. Wow. Well, that would certainly be interesting. Well, well, you know what it was? Is they they don't want two games at the same time, so they're making sure that you know they're they're giving two days off a year and there. Basically, they want a game every. Well, they don't day. want games on Fridays. Is their big thing? Well, they. They actually, don't, they, they do have one game scheduled for Friday. Is it an Eastern Conference game? Yeah, it's yeah, an Eastern I mean, Conference game. But, like uh, this week, they don't have a playoff game on a Friday night. 
Yeah. They're, in fact, the, the Warriors series plays Wednesday and doesn't play again until Sunday right. to and make that, sure it can be. Their, and that's my surprise is because they, I would think they want that series on Sunday. Well, they might have some agreement with the networks where one of them gets one Sunday night, one of them gets the other Sunday night. I don't know. And it's possible that they might move it. And, if, and by the way, the, the series could also very well not go to seven, seven games. games. Yeah, right. exactly. exactly. All right. Um, this all brings us to our number three. Speaking of business. This is fun. Um, Vince McMahon made a lot of money over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he probably makes a lot of money a lot of times, but well, yeah, but he sold uh, two million shares of uh, WWE stock over the weekend, which is two point eight percent of total shares, and um, you know, meaningless in the big scene. He might have just wanted money because why not? But the interesting thing about it is, if you look at the overall WWE ownership, um, Brandon Howard who is a wrestling writer, I'm not sure where, it doesn't say in his bio, but whatever, he's a wrestling writer for okay. someone, made a pie chart of who now owns the company. And as far as Vince McMahon's solo stock, it took him from uh, 50.5% down to 48%. So right at this moment in time, Vince McMahon does not solo own the entire company. Now, there is 2.01% that's owned by both Vince and Linda together, so technically he owns 50. 1% of the company, so he still has that. Okay, yeah. But there is a scenario in play where, hypothetically, if, be... if you want to fantasy book this and you want to say right. Linda divorces Vince and everybody else who owns a piece all bands together, Vince, hypothetically, could, could be, be overruled. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But, so, you know, again, that's interesting. Meaningless but... in the grand scheme of things, most likely. But could be fun. And I don't know what the power structure that's set up by yeah. the... No, I mean, the interest of the, just looking at the chart he made is, you know, these other people who own little pieces of the company, you know, he pointed out, uh, Linda owns 0.74%. Shane owns... That's all? That's all Linda McMahon owns? Plus the 2.2% that she shares with... But uh, still, yeah. I mean... Yeah, doesn't it seem like a small amount for Linda like, McMahon? I feel like she sold a lot when she was running. Okay. I, right. I feel like that that was the thing she, okay. she sold. 2% um, is owned by Shane... Stephanie owns 2.47%. Uh, a bunch of companies own about... Isn't it incredible, though, that like she owns 2.7% and y the principal owner, no, no, right. right? Well, but that's the, like, more... She owns, uh, as far as a solo individual, like the Vanguard Group owns 4.7%. Mm -hmm. um, as far as a solo individual, she owns more than anyone besides Vince. Um, Paul Triple H owns 0.07%. There you go. He's got something. Got Ke a little piece. Ke Kevin Dunn owns 0.18%. Um, th those are the big names that kind of pop out. There's about half of it is owned just done by random companies and stuff. Well, that makes sense. I mean, but it's, uh, it's you know. bought stock, right? It's it's just interesting to fun, you know. What do you think a share of WWE costs? A share, you know what I mean? a single share. You want to buy one share? Dollars, right? What is it? Seventeen dollars. Seventeen. That's where they're at right now. That's the. Stock? Do you get to be on part of the? Because remember, AJ. Yeah, I think you, I, I don't think it's every stockhold. Every yeah, how show. much do you have to own in order to be in the, on the the stockholders conference call? Quite frankly, you have to probably be on this chart. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, We're never getting there. No, it's just no, not no, happening. No. Damn it. Uh, no. All right. Especially well, since we have lives. That was it. worth a try. Yeah, you know. It was worth a try. It would be fun to be on that conference call. Uh, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Although, like, the details of the conference call tend to get out anyway. So, the, well, that, that's the thing. But like, you want to be able to ask, ask questions. Ask question. Exactly. Yep. God, that would be so great. All right, we good? Yeah, sure. Let's do a top five. So, um, I was watching Monday night, and I realized we know... Or I think we do, although I, I believe Aaron actually disagrees with me. I was realizing we know at today, the next major event, you say whatever you want about money in the bank, it's major for a different reason. The next major event is SummerSlam. 
And here today, uh, we're recording in the year of our Lord, 2016, on Wednesday, May 18th. We know, in my mind, exactly one match that's going to happen at SummerSlam. And Aaron doesn't even think we know that much. Aaron disagrees with me. but I that, don't disagree with that. I just think there's another way possibly they could go. That, to me, is fascinating. That we are looking at our next major event. And we don't really have a full feel for exactly how the card's going to shape up. So, I'm trying to think back to last year at this point, if we had much of an idea. Because um, I don't think we did. Like, if you think about how the card played, like, we wouldn't have guessed that Taker and Lesnar were going to be Yeah, there. I mean, I, I think when well, we knew Brock Lesnar was going to be there, we just didn't know what he was going to do right. there, I think is the argument that you would make. Um, you know, I, I, I can hear some argument for we didn't fully know last year either, but... I, I, I think that's more specifically not knowing what Brock Lesnar was going to do. And I think we had a sense of some of the things they wanted it, it, to do. It's funny that you mentioned Brock Lesnar. It's like it's, it's, I've forgotten he's gone. Like, I've forgotten yeah, right? he exists in the yeah, government. They, still, they've done a good job oh, of he not is, making... He is looming. Yeah, he, he is looming. They've done a good job of not making us miss yeah, him at all. I prefer I understand. the feeling of saying, Brock Lesnar just, could impact anything la- in the moment. Last year at this point, I was, right. I was saying, where's Brock, where's Brock? Not right now. Okay. I'm All really right. not, which is, which is impressive on their part. So here um, is my idea. We haven't uh, fantasy booked in a while, and you know me. I get that itch. Yep. I get that itch for some You're good fantasy. Oh, my God. I can't have enough. Give me more. Give me more. Oh, that's the sweet stuff. Um, so I was sitting around Monday night after I realized that we only that I thought I only knew one match for SummerSlam, and I started fantasy booking SummerSlam and trying to figure out what I would want them to do between now and then in order for me to uh, to like and to enjoy what it is that I get out of SummerSlam. And so I put together some ideas. Aaron, you put together some ideas, and we're going to deliver our top five here. I'll start with my five okay. because it addresses the one that I think we know. I think the one match we know is Triple H is going to face Shane McMahon for control of the company. I, I think you're nuts to suggest anything otherwise. I think there's no point of keeping Shane McMahon around because let's all have a real honest-to-God conversation. He's not very good right now. He's not been good. Right. He isn't good on the mic. He doesn't appear to really know a lot about what's going on within the company. Like It it, it just feels like a guy that's reading. His charisma is, is not there. It's been weird. It's been a little it's, off. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. And that's fine because Shane was never a great authority figure. Shane's good at one thing, and we love him for it. Being a badass when it comes to what he's willing to do to his body in a match. That's what we like about Shane McMahon. And so what we want from Shane McMahon's return is not this Shane McMahon. We want the Shane McMahon that we saw at WrestleMania. And we want the Shane McMahon that I assume we're going to see at SummerSlam when he faces Triple H for power of the company. Now, step beyond, I also think that they're going to paint it this way. Because, obviously, Triple H will have Stephanie in his corner I could see, and I know that they've avoided it, and they've avoided it, avoided it, but we didn't have Shane around either. I could completely see a scenario where Linda would return to be in Shane's corner, and Vince would make himself the. I, see now, now that you know she's been announced as an official delegate for Trump at the convention, so I don't oh, think she I, okay. wants anything. Well, I didn't know that. Although she, I don't Not know that, if you know this, Donald Trump is a WWE Hall of Famer. He, he, but are you familiar have, with that? You know, be, before this. By the way, did you see that Patrick Clark is doing a Donald Trump gimmick in NXT? Like he's wearing a. Donald Trump's shirt, Make America Great Again, to the ring. Isn't that kind of like biting on what they're doing with well, Darren but they're, Young? Like, they're, they're doing a little bit of By Trump the way, there. But I, don't know, that's just more I don't know that there's anything. With the, I, like, I, I so I, badly that, want that, there to be something there. That's taking the slogan, but I don't know if there's anything else of a... Uh, I don't, why are you Donald using Trump. that slogan if you're not... I don't know either, but like I, in, I, in NXT, not on the show, but in the house shows, they're going hardcore with... 
Patrick Klump. Patrick Klump. Oh, I like it actually. <laughs> that actually would be pretty good. Right. Patrick Clark is. I don't know if he's a Trump supporter or what, but he's wearing Trump shirts to the ring. And you know how he did. He, you know the meme where the all the people have uh, like there's the guy in the American flag. Uh, pants standing up at like a high school gym, and everyone's like has their hand over the heart during the. Oh, uh, I, I do think that's I Patrick Clark. Okay, <laughs> that's Patrick Clark in those pants. Okay, I love it. I love it. I love um, it. So, Look, so they're they're having wear wear those pants. I, you know, the other thing, by the way, is the Republican convention is in June. Oh, is it, or is it, it July. July? It's in yeah. July, so it, it'd be over with before SummerSlam. I look. I don't know that they'll do that. The other option would be just put Vince in Shane's she, corner, right? And then you have you know four McMahons in the match somehow, some way. I, I just here's here's my problem with that. You know, you have sold that. You know, Shane, while he's he's willing to do exciting things like. He's he's not capable of hanging with these guys, you know. Like he got his ass kicked by the Undertaker. Correct. So yeah, but if he had landed the one thing that he was trying to he land, he still was getting his ass kicked ninety five percent of no, the no, match. No, you absolutely a thousand percent sold the idea that Shane McMahon wins that match if he just lands just, that just, leap just the from little, the... the little like pat on the cheek, the the nice you know nice effort guy thing that Undertaker did. I, I think I summed up the match like. Hey, that was fun, but you're not in our league. I understand, but you sold the idea that if he nails... This is Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon is not a great wrestler. I under- He's a guy that's willing to do something insane to win a match. I and understand if he, that. If that hits, he defeats The Undertaker at WrestleMania. That's what you have sold. There is no debating that if he leaps 20 feet off a... a, a but it's not going to be in a cell. A cell. You can do anything. You, you can build, I can't believe I'm going to say this, a stage again right. for SummerSlam. There's a million things that you can do in order to get I, that back. I just, I think that the idea of, I mean, hell, I think the idea of Shane being willing to put the company on the line against Triple H doesn't make sense from a storyline perspective. Well, Shane doesn't have control of the company. <laughs> this is true. He doesn't. <laughs> this is the point. They have clearly built this up for a Shane-Stephanie split. Right, they, they absolutely have. Here's the thing. I think... There's and, zero ways to do it better than having Shane face Triple H at SummerSlam. I don't, they don't, think it's, I don't think it's better, but I think it's more logical if Shane is like, wait a second, you're using a champion here, I'm going to use a champion here. It's No, it doesn't work because once again, you're going to set up a scenario where Triple H is actually the face and Shane's actu- or, uh, seen as actually the heel, despite the fact that it strikes against what the story that you're trying to tell. The dumbest thing they could do is have Triple H face... It's hard enough right now to make Triple H a, a, a heel. But you can be a heel when your baby face is Shane Effing McMahon. That makes you a heel. I just have a, I have a hard time buying the fact uh, as, as a fan. I have a hard time buying that if you are setting up this match that it ends anyway besides Triple H winning. Well, that's I don't know if you've been paying attention, but ultimately that's how it's going to end because Shane McMahon is not likely to be sticking around for forever. But do we do we want? I mean, are they going to go back to Stephanie as? Sole proprietor here. Maybe I don't know what they're going to do. That, that's my problem. I. But it's way more likely that Stephanie is going to be around I, I'm, for the I'm next few years if, than if it is that Shane's going to be around. If you're telling me that the match is Shane against Triple H, I'm telling you that Stephanie is the sole proprietor and sole GM of Raw. That is what. That is how it ends. Almost certainly, yes. So and I'm telling you that if you have Cena or whoever else as Shane's champion, you're saying that there is a chance of something else happening. But what are they doing? I don't know what they're doing. I, it, I don't know what they, but I don't think there's that... There's no way that you are getting that over. You just cannot have John Cena be a face in a match against so Triple H. Okay. There's no chance of that. Well, Zero. So so my my five is Triple H Cena. What do you have Cena doing at SummerSlam? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because he's in my number four. Yes, well, that's Glad what, you mentioned that. Yes. My number four is exactly what I think they should do is they don't want to commit to John Cena being a heel 
but they have to understand that outside of on but the Monday night he returns, there will be a feeling of we're happy to have John yes. Cena back. Pe- people have come around to it, an extent on Cena. And a week later, they'll go right back the way that they were about John Cena. So exactly what they should do is what they're doing right now. AJ Styles, John Cena is perfect. It's perfect. Because secretly, it makes the smarks like John Cena more that he's willing to do is this a program. for anything? No, it doesn't have to be for anything at all. Um... See, here's and here's my problem. And here's why one of the reasons I put Cena. I think they want Cena in a super high profile match. Or something I think like. that you could have John Cena, AJ Styles become a super high profile match. But it, by definition, when you have the company on the line, when you have the WWE title on the line, uh-huh. it is at best the third highest. That's fine. Match. I don't think there's anything wrong with having no. three legitimate main events. I, you have made AJ plus Brock Styles. I, I'll get there. You have made AJ Styles look so good. In the last couple of I months. I like it. I like it. I'm just that saying that you if, are... you're, if I'm building SummerSlam the way that they've been building SummerSlam in the past, that I have a hard time seeing them putting the Cena... The blow-off to a three-month program between John Cena and AJ Styles would be a major event at SummerSlam. And it would accomplish a lot of things. Again, I, they, they have to be careful in what they do with John Cena. I don't disagree If they go right back to what they were doing, they're going to have the same problem they've had for the last five years. And if they... I, the other thing I'm going to say is as far as John Cena's health is concerned... If they're going to start saying he has to be the champion, he has to be involved, they're going to do this to themselves once again, where they're going to put themselves in position for John Cena to get hurt one more time. They have to ease back I don't on what they're doing with, with John anything. Cena. I just don't think they will. Okay, well, like that, that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know this, I'm fantasy booking SummerSlam right now. See, I'm fantasy booking with my eye. No, on I'm what absolutely yeah. fantasy booking in part for what they should be doing. Right. This I, is what I, they yeah. should be doing. I, I don't disagree John with Cena, AJ Styles is a perfect, I like it. perfect I love program it. In for fact, the summer. I love it. I just don't believe that they will build SummerSlam that way. Okay, well, then they can screw it up all they want. Yep. They absolutely cannot do John Cena, uh, Triple H. That, the thought of that is they might as well say, we have no fucking clue what we're doing. Yep. We have no idea how to book anything. We're just going to throw this out yep. there because I, it's I don't big. disagree with you. I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me. Uh, my number four, and uh, I think that over the summer we're eventually going to get the the return of Enzo from his injury. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be, at least in the tag division, the summer of Enzo and Cass. And that's the moment right there. Brooklyn, where they got that huge pop at NXT last year, you, you put the titles on them at SummerSlam. So you think it's Enzo and Cass New Day? Probably. I, I could see a situation where the vaude villains are involved somehow, either mm-hmm. in a triple threat. But, um, yeah, I think it's most likely New Day, and I think Enzo and Cass go over right there. Okay. My number three is contingent on uh, on health. And the one guy that, again, we think is going to be back, but we don't know. And I feel like we have the, the – we we didn't – we had the feeling that his was the least significant of the injuries, but I don't know again. I, the New Day are in my number three, and it's going to go back to what I said they should have done at WrestleMania to make us feel like it was a real match. It, it, you've got to give the New Day something that isn't just a title match. The Wyatt family would accomplish that. The Wyatt family the would accomplish... The question is, how do they return the Wyatt? Because they, they tease them going face. Face, right, absolutely. I don't know where they're going to be when, when we get back to that. Yeah. But I almost don't know if it matters who's face and who's heel if you give me New Day Wyatt family. Because it feels big. It feels like feels this right. isn't a tag team. And I don't even know that it needs to involve the tag team titles. It could be a six-man match. Just like, yeah. It could be that the Wyatt family screws a New Day and forces them to lose the tag titles. Yeah, something oh, and, like and that. then you have uh, Enzo Castle and the Vaude Villains. Yeah. Right, something along those lines. But it gives you that big match feel that these groups should have been giving you for the last however yep. long they've been doing this. And since the disbanding of the Shield, we haven't gotten it. As much as we love the New Day, how many big match feels have we gotten from the New Day? 
Not a ton. No. No. Big, big segments, yes. Big matches, no. Right. Right. That, the the, the match day, is always the letdown. The New Day and the Wyatts going toe-to-toe in a match would give you what you're looking for. It would give you the feel of this matters. This is big. This isn't just, let's throw another tag team out there for the New Day to face. This isn't just a tag title I feel defense. Enzo and Cass does give you the big feel for, uh, to an extent, not, not necessarily as much as the Wyatts, but I do think, feel that, that would be a feature match. That would be a, you know, again, I, I go back to what are the snapshots of the night. You know, like, that's one of the snapshots of the night is Enzo and Cass getting that huge pop. Yeah, to some extent, I think that's true, but I, it's, it's not. I'm not saying it's the Wyatt family, yeah, but I'm saying that. Um, I actually have a wild card here, kind of, okay. in, in this match, and I was trying to think, I wanted to think of something for Randy Orton to do, because I, yeah, you know, nothing. he's, he's coming, he's coming back, and I just kind of wanted to find something for him to do. And I thought, you have him come back as a, uh, you have him come back as a heel. Well, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll return as a face, but eventually go heel. I want to see a feud between Randy Orton and Cesaro. I think that that okay. would be a big match. It would, it wouldn't be a profile, a high profile match, but thinking about something both of those guys could do, that's a big match right there. It elevates Cesaro. It puts Orton in the type of match he should be doing right now, kind of helping. He should be starting to transition into I- the, not not go away, but definitely used a lot to really up- take I those guys you. from the upper mid carters to the. I just level. unfortunately would feel like right now, I, even if I haven't seen it before, I would feel like my initial response is, "Yeah, I've seen these guys do this before." That would be my. Have we seen it before? I don't know if we have or not. It'd be more just my nature of, you know, Orton's not really a main eventer right now. Cesaro's fought guys that are at this level. It it just sort of feels like more of the same. If they. Figure out a way to make Orton feel big again between well, now and then. Orton as a heel, I think, helps that. Perhaps. Perhaps. But they have to make him truly evil. Yeah, you have to go back to the the Viper, the legend killer, the you know, that that mindset. It can't be just right. kind of generic authority. No, I hear you. Did. Yeah. Uh, my number two, uh, you know, you have to, I, I would assume that you're planning on building this up so it's not as easy as just saying Owen Zane because you feel like you have I to get Owen yeah. Zane. Um, I think it's specific. It's got to be an Owen Zane cage match. It's got to be some Ladder sort of... Ladder match, brawl all over the arena, like yeah. old school hardcore but match. But set up that way where yeah. it's clear this is the, the blow-off. Yeah. This I is mean, a ladder it. match would make sense with their history. I just don't know what exactly would hang over the ring unless it was the IC title. Um, and that doesn't do it for me. And that, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but that would that would be a nice way of coming full circle with it. No, I understand And that. a lot of the fans would really appreciate that. Maybe one of them wings, wins Money in the Bank. And that's what's hanging over the Possible. ring. Possible, yeah. You do a ladder match for the, you know, yeah. The, whoever wins it puts it back on the line against mm-hmm. the other one. Um, but it's got to be a very clear blow-off match. Yes, that this, this, this is, is it's going to be brutal. It's going to and, be. And the truth being, it's not really the final chapter. You're very aware but that you could have these two. But it's the final chapter for a year. Or so. for, yeah, for now. For yeah. now, for the for the introduction of these two to the main event roster yeah. or to the main I mean, roster. If, if there was a way to do like. I mean, quite frankly, it would be if they had done the brand split, or if they do do the brand split, like that would be for like loser leaves are all, like that would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think they're going to do the brand split, so that yep. that's not the way to do it. But I mean, if they could, they could pull off a way to do it where like loser leaves for the rest of the year, you know, like at a pink slip match, something like that would be great. That would yeah, be great. I just, I just don't think they would be willing to take someone, one of them, off TV for six months. Right. Right. Uh, what's your number two? Oh, that was it. Okay. Yeah. Good. So my number one would technically be a rematch, but a rematch of a match that only happened once someone cashed in their money oh, in the bank. Oh, okay. Oh. 
Oh, okay. the rematch okay. would be Roman, Seth, Seth and Brock. All I, I in the main event. Dean instead of Brock. That's so you got the triple threat. I, I got the shield. I, you can't win. So for that. you don't have Brock. I, like I told you, like it, that's a like. But that that's like I said, they've done a really good job of making me kind of forget about Brock. I hear you, but you can't do it that way. Um, my argument would be that you say you you you, you idea, the point would be that you're trying to save it until. WrestleMania next year. I get it. There's so much risk involved with that. There's so much risk involved with it. But that would be my point. And I also think that in the same time, that has more of a... This rematch that I'm proposing is not so anticipated that it would need to be a WrestleMania match. Whereas there's way more of a... The triple threat should be at WrestleMania feel to the other match. Um, and unfortunately, because of all this, I don't have Dean in one of my top five matches. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't have something for Dean to do or right. something along those lines. Um, I think there's any number of ways to go about making this happen just because Brock Lesnar can be Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar can work himself into a match somehow, some way. There's, yep. there's no problem with that. There's nothing that you can't do in order to justify the idea that Brock Lesnar would be involved in the main event of SummerSlam. Right. You, you don't have to explain it. You don't have to force it. And then I think what you end up is you sort of lucking into, oh, look at this. We've seen this before. Isn't this interesting? Or Brock says to Seth Rollins, you know, you have, you have a match set up between Seth and but, Roman. Yeah, but here, here's, here's how you do it. Right. Uh, Seth Roman at Battleground. And uh, Brock Lesnar interviews and be like, "Hey, you yeah, fucked me. Yeah. Don't don't know if you remember this. Yeah, uh, we we had a whole thing they, that happened like here, they, like they did with Undertaker last year. Only you do it with Brock Lesnar, right? Know. Correct. Yeah. And then that would set everything up for this to work out. Or it could very well be a situation where, you know, Seth thinks he's got a one-on-one match with with no, Roman not, Reigns not at SummerSlam, so and Brock Lesnar says, "That's funny. I thought I had a one-on-one match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania last year. Yeah. Turns out that wasn't the case. Yep. Guess what? Not the case this yep. time either. There's a lot it. of ways you can go with that, I just, and I, I think just, it would set up a really I'm cool. I'm not waiting for the Shield Triple Threat anymore. Well, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I I get it. I just that to me feels more like it should be a WrestleMania match. I just understand all of the risks yep. that go into trying to wait to make it a WrestleMania if, if, match. If they, if they can't do it at 33, they're running out. Of oh yeah, it's, like, right, right. You kind of have to pull it off. All right, very good. Uh, that is it for this week's show. Um, Aaron, let's uh, let's go through the plugs. You are on Twitter at the Aoster. We are on Twitter. Jobbing out show. We should really do more. <laughs> I think I keep saying that. Oh, are we going to RAW on Monday? I think we are. Yeah. Okay. I think we're. So can go. we do some tweeting from? I don't have any access to our Twitter. But you do. So That's the funny I don't, thing. I don't. I have zero access. Because neither of us set it up, and he set both of us the. the oh, Brian Powell. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he sent us the password. Yeah. I don't remember getting that. Oh yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. I'll <laughs> right. tell you. But... Okay. Well, then pass along the password. All right. Can I do it? Can I set up both accounts on my phone? Yeah. Oh really? yeah. I have both accounts on my. I have like four accounts. So, on but my like, phone if I take right a now. picture on Monday night, can I send it to both accounts? I mean, you'll have to do send it separately, uh, but it's. But a, do I have to sign in, sign out? Yeah. Well, but it's just it's, it's a quick like uh, transition. It's annoying, but you can do it. At jobbing out show. At jobbing out well, show. At we jobbing should, out show. At we're, it looks like we're going to RAW on Monday. We will tweet some stuff. And if we're if we're going out to a local establishment beforehand, we'll tell you where we're going if you want to come hang out. I don't really, I don't really know of anybody downtown that we owe anything to or that I'd like to do something. I'm for. just saying. I know. I'm trying to think of where we would go off the top of my head. Eh. We'll come up with something. We'll, we'll figure something. I, and I'm, uh, not, I'm not talking about a big thing. I'm talking about, hey, we're yeah, going to be I mean, sitting at the bar be, yeah, here. Come, hang, come buy yeah. us drinks. Yeah, I can think of a few yeah. people I'd like to have buy me a drink. Yeah. All right. Um, so that'll be Monday. Uh, shows, Gmail? Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. And what do you have coming up at the, the Baltimore Sun and Rolling uh, Stone? First of all, I want to plug, uh, if you missed it, 
I got the first interview with Damien Sandow. After, yeah, look at me. That's right. And I was like, I'm not going to do use it for the podcast. I'm going to do it in Rolling Stone. That's right. Jerk off. <laughs> uh, it was the number one red story on Rolling Stone oh, look this at weekend. Me. Look at me. That's right. That's right. Oh, damn it. I totally forgot to. Son of a bitch. He was supposed to text me today. So uh, my buddy, uh, uh, Tracy, Salty Trizzle from the Big O and Dukes program, uh-huh. he uh, texted me. Again, you didn't listen. God damn it. Would you, I wish you would have listened to the interview last week. Um, so it, when we t- talked to Jinder Mahal, I brought up Damien Sandow, and Jinder Mahal could not have gone on more about how great Damien Sandow was. But Damien Sandow, is, he's the most, I tried everything I could to get him to say one negative thing about the way he was booked. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude, you were money in the bank, and then you weren't. You know, you, right. you were getting this huge push. It looked like the company was behind you, and then nothing. And he's just didn't say a single negative thing. Well, so anyway, so I'm, he's going on. And again, remember, AJ had just been killing him in the first segment. Right. And Jinder is like AJ's boy. Yeah. So God, listen to the goddamn show. So um, it was hilarious because I just started staring down AJ. As soon as Jinder's like going on about how great Damian Sandow is. And I just started laughing. I'm like, bro, you better talk to your boy because your boy was killing him. And then, of course, AJ starts doing the, well, oh, what I, was, wasn't really I was just saying that he was, was better yeah. in tag. Like, and so I got this message from uh, my boy Salty Trizzle that said, I didn't know AJ played defensive back <laughs> because he was backpedaling like a mother effer when Jinder Mahal was on. That's great. That's God, awesome. And I meant to kill AJ about it. I yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it on Thursday. We'll, we'll, we'll right. do it every All right. Yeah. All right. So there's that. Um, but so yeah, go back and read because it's, it's a great interview. It really is. Uh, go check it out, rollingstone.com. Eh, it was okay. Such a jerk. Also, um, if you want to come see me talk about wrestling and be nerdy about wrestling, I am going to be at AwesomeCon in D.C. in a few weeks. That's uh, the first weekend of June, Saturday, uh, June 4th, 145. I'll be part of just this generic wrestling panel. It's called Awesome Mania. We're going to be talking about wrestling for an hour. Won't suck. Why they would have chosen you. Because I'm apparently <laughs> I, I'm moving up there. I'm moving up. So? I may not be the main event quite yet, yeah, but I'm moving well, up to the world. That's for sure. And then uh, this is really cool. 12.15 on Sunday, June 5th, I will be uh, doing a Q&A, moderating a Q&A with Ron Simmons, WWE Hall of Famer. You might have heard of him. I've heard of him. I've and, heard of him. Uh, Farouk. Some, for some people might know him. Ron Simmons. And uh, so that'll be awesome. Uh, College football Hall of Famer as well. Exactly. He does more things fantastically than right. anyone does anything. Uh, damn. 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 So, yeah, I'll be... Uh, Interviewing, so come check that out. Check it out, awesomecon.com. And, and more importantly, there's someone far more important that's going to be an awesome con. I mean, well, like, yes, far more, far important. more important. Eric Matthews will be at. Uh, at yes. uh, I assume. If what is? Do you think that Eric Matthews charges for him to do the Feeney call? Like, do you think he'd do that for free if you approached him? How much? Or do you think he'd say that would be fifty dollars? I didn't see how much tickets were for him, like for pictures and autographs. But what I'm saying is, like, yeah. like, could you, you just you, say do the Feeney? Right. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to well, go to his. I'm going to go really to. Also, we are going to need to have him on. Okay. I don't care how that happens. Okay. I don't. I just need to talk to Eric Matthews. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Well, we'll make that happen. Uh, AJ's on Twitter at AJ Francis four ten. I'm on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com is my website. Uh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Very good. Uh, thanks again to DJ Z Zima Ion. Go check him out at Primal Conflict Wrestling. He was awesome. Appreciate him hopping on with us for uh, DJ Z for. Uh, the main event and, 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 and AJ Francis. And for Aaron Oster, I am Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.